0: Well, good morning and welcome once again. We got a brand new installment, and I would say that we're opening another umbrella to which to put things under. Uh, The funny part about it is is we never, never really close the umbrella that we started with before because we always just keep adding to it, so we're just making our umbrella bigger. And if I had to give a name for the umbrella we're going to play with today, we would call it... One filter. And you know, I was thinking about this and just thinking about what we do as as humans and, and whatnot. And you know, we always have this idea that we want to be original. We want to have an original idea, original concept, you know, we want to do something that no one else has done before. But in actuality, there is very little that is original. Everything is always expired by someone or something else. TV shows, movie scripts, they are based on something. A character that someone knew in real life or real life events or a tale. Uh, Many times our, our literature is just changed and passed around from generation to generation and it's just a reincarnation of a story that's been told before we ever started writing things down. It's, it's hard to be original, but yet we want to have these original ideas. And we want to, to think that we're thinking for ourselves, but really we are just being influenced constantly. And we're being influenced by the world and many other things. Let's uh, start off with a verse just kind of get us warmed up this morning to what we're what we're going to be discussing. And Let's go to Luke 11 and 28. But he say, "Ye rather blessed are thee that hear the word of God and keep it." Hear the word of God and keep it. Let us pray. Dear heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today, Father, to get into your word. We just thank you, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father. And just take myself out of the way, Father, and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. And um, so to shrink down our umbrella a little bit today, we are talking about who are we listening to. And so I was having a conversation just the other day. And we were talking back and forth and a, I got the opinion from a, a subject matter. It doesn't matter the subject matter because we can plug in any subject here and we can get the same type of results. And I pretty much knew exactly what the person was going to say because that is the worldly opinion of the subject. And so after I got that, I was like, well, you know, I said, that's exactly what I said. I said, that is a worldly-influenced opinion because that is what the world deems to be normal, correct, and it makes us feel a certain way. And then I had a whole arsenal of truths that the word of God tells us that totally contradicts that world opinion. You know, that's what Jesus did. The Pharisees and the people of the time, they painted a picture of what religion was supposed to look like, what the world was supposed to look like, and how we were supposed to act and do and respond. But the problem is, it wasn't godly it wasn't what the word teaches us it was gauged to benefit them benefit man benefit the world and then a result to benefit satan and then jesus comes along and he's got a whole different experience for the people he's telling them things in a whole new light he's telling them god's truth and of course we fight change we are threatened by change we are threatened by anything that seems different than what we are used to and that's where we was at with that conversation because it was like i'm telling you these things we have the facts here. They're undisputable facts. They're in the word of God. The only thing that we have that is absolute truth, the original, original, the origin, the word of God. And there was nothing, nothing to dispute. But yet it was hard to make that turn, to make that change because that's the way we've always done it. And we see that happening Today. We have went through the last couple of years through this pandemic. And the rules were constantly changing and we're, we're having to constantly follow mandates and do this and do that and stay away and wear the mask and do all these things. And now... We're trying to make that turn back to where we was at before. We're trying to become normal again. And they're telling us now, it's not as divided anymore. We're coming around and saying, okay, look, we can back off on these things. We can start doing things normal again. We are given permission to do so. All the requirements are gone, but yet... People are having a hard time letting go. They're having a hard time going back because they've been so involved in it. And despite what the the facts say, despite what the truth is, the fact that we have God protecting us and we never should have had a problem to begin with if we had just relied on our faith instead of giving in to fear, that we're still in that Huddled, scared position and we're having a hard time going back we've gotten comfortable with the new normalcy the isolation the standoffishness even though that goes against what we were as a society it goes against what God tells us we're having a hard time letting go sometimes we can be a lot more comfortable in the, the mass, in what we deem as normal. It's hard to go against the grain. It's hard to be different, even though that's what God requires from us. Another subject matter of this week is, you know, I've mentioned many times that I like to consume a lot of, of information. I, I read books, listen to books and podcasts and different things. And uh, So I work with my hands a lot. So I'm listening to a lot of different things and a lot of times that with our technology that it goes ahead and it picks something else for you to, to go ahead and listen to after you've finished what you've started based on your habits. So sometimes you wind up starting something you never really intended to and you get started with it. And that happened to me the other day. Old Alexa decided that I needed to listen to something else and I was too busy to change the channel. So we started listening to what came on. And uh, it was a, a girl, and she had started a podcast, and she, it was a Bible study. But it's not the kind of Bible study that I particularly am used to, or particularly even like, because she was coming at it from a very different point of view. She had one goal in mind, and that was to break down the word of God in a, a negative way. So, she has a, a very atheist point of view. And she wants to point, push that point of view on to, to others. She wants to do exactly what Satan does, is distort the truth of God. First of all she talked about and told a little bit about herself. She's a very left wing very liberal democratic person. Do you know that a larger portion of the atheist crowd is in that demographic? And there's very good reason for it, because if you look at a lot of the things that they feel that is important, extreme feminism, where we go beyond any kind of equality or anything like that to the the hatred of the opposite sex, we go to abolishment of anything of gender, we go to the abolishment of the family structure, All these things that go against the word of God. So if you're going to support these things that go against the word of God, you cannot be in the word of God. You cannot support the word of God. So you're left with no alternative but to dismiss it, disqualify it, and throw it away. And if we want others to think the way we do, that we have to stand up and push our point. Now, what does it have to do with anything we've been talking about? Well, I'm going to get there. She grew up in the Catholic Church. And uh, we were just talking about that recently, about that they have a very pharisees approach to religion. And that they want to run everything through man and they want to have man's hand in everything. And man's got to be the filter between the masses and God. And that's just not what the word of God says. You know, and I asked myself, I said, why is it that we can have such a large group? That if we just put in a little bit of thought a little bit of time into the world, we can clearly see they are some problems here. Some very serious problems. But you know, humans, we don't change that much. Because we can look back in the Old Testament and we can look at the Israelites and we can see that they wanted structure. They wanted rules to follow. And to do it a certain way. They don't want to have to interpret nothing. They don't want to have to think about nothing. Make it clear cut. Give us some rules. We'll follow them. And that's what it looks like. They have all these rules. You, We tell you what to do. You do it. And then they said, Give us a king. Give us a king. Because we want someone to tell us what to do. We want someone to give us the structure. We don't want to put in the time. We don't want to put in the effort it takes to have a relationship with God. We don't want to self-police ourselves. We don't want to hold ourselves accountable. And it works the same way with the non-believers. What they're doing is, if we're just throwing God away, we're not going to worry about these rules, and we're going to come together as a group. So as a group, if we decide that this is okay, then so be it. We go together with the masses. See, it takes something for a person to be a believer. Because if you want to just show up and you want to to play church... You're not accomplishing anything, and you are not a believer. A believer requires faith. A believer requires that connection with God. A want to connect with God. And God provided that way. He sent his son, Jesus, so we could have that intimate, personal connection that we lost. And we do not take advantage of it. But back to my story, the girl, she came up in the Catholic Church and she talked about all these different things that she had to go and do through and then that she never saw any results from it. All she saw was was poor leadership. She saw a bunch of stuff that made no sense and she never saw God. God. That's what we're after. We're after that deep, perfect connection. We want God to work in our lives. We want our prayers answered. We want to feel him within us. We want to know without a shadow of a doubt. He is here with us. He is answering our prayers. He is carrying us through. He is seeing us through. He is taking care of us because he is our Heavenly Father. We want to begin to... Seek knowledge from him. To understand him. We want to receive from the kingdom of heaven. That's what we want. That's what we crave. But when we go. And we're in places like that. Like all over the place. That doesn't lay a strong foundation. God tells us. That Jesus. Is the foundation, and we are to stand upon that stone. But we're not. We try to put some figureheads up that we can look up to, and we're down here in the sand. We're washing back and forth, blowing with the wind, washing away with the water, because we have no foundation. We do not know how to pray, we do not know how to receive. We do not know how to connect with the kingdom of heaven. We do not know how to have and build faith. We don't have all these things. Number one, because we do not seek it. We do not work for it. We do not look for it. We do not put any effort into it. And number two, there are very few places where we can go and get the truth. Where numbers and finances... Is not the priority, and we're worried about feelings and we worry about how we're perceived, we're worried about doing the way we always done it, we're worried about our rituals, we're worried about all these things that do not matter. We push God away, we push God away. So it's time to start building some strong foundation. We've been talking about what we do as a church. How many people are we driving in the wrong direction? Because we can't act right. We can't act in a godly manner because we want to have things our way and we don't care about what God thinks. And we are driving them away. We're showing them, well, this is what church is. This is what God is. And we are creating People, just like the one I'm talking about today. And then what happens? They're going out, and people are looking for it. People are stumbling across it. People are hearing it. And they're hearing this story about how this person thinks that God has failed them, that God has been so absent that she don't think he exists That her experience was a sham. She received nothing from it. And folks, there's a lot more stories just like her. And more and more people with the more and more platforms to tell it are telling these stories. Because this is what the, the world is craving. It's what Satan wants is what the world wants. It wants this negativity and they want to put it out there and they want to feed on of it. And what it's doing is it's making God smaller and smaller. We're putting up boards around that light and less and less light is coming through. And it's our False, Because we have a, a false sense of what the truth is. We don't want to believe it. We take things, if we don't like the way it makes us feel, if we don't like the way it sounds in our ears, and we want to change it, we want to manipulate it, because we want to feel a certain way. We have this idea that People are, are good. Well, people are good. That's, we've heard that many times. You just got to give them a chance. People are good. But are they? Because the word of God tells us that we are all sinners. No, none are righteous. No, not one. That don't sound good. Matter of fact, we're so bad that we had to have a Savior come. We had to have Jesus Just to be able to be restored, to make our way back to God, to be able to have eternity in heaven. We have a lot of questions when it comes to God about his nature and who he is and why he does the things he does. You know, and I I started continuing on listening just to see the twists and turns that they, they put onto the Word of God. And she said that God is always described as loving. But she said, how can he be loving when he cursed the world? Just because someone wanted some knowledge. And it's just... It's garbage because there's no context. There's no truth. She's never heard how God works. Why God does the thing that he does. The purpose on it. What is our role in it? We get this idea that God is supposed to handle everything. We're supposed to just do whatever we want to do. Act however we want to act. And God's supposed to just fix everything. And we we tell ourselves that. We create these false ideas. Well, everything happens for a reason. You know, it wasn't God's will. We say all these things and we put it over onto him and the problem always lies with us. The problem always lies with us. I hear the question asked many times, where does evil originate? It's a good question. And uh, some people say, well, God had to create it because he created everything. And some people say, well, maybe there's something else out there that's the opposite of what God is that, that did it. And the Bible doesn't tell us that. And so... We have to formulate. Based on what the Bible does tell us, we can formulate some opinions. God has given us all free will. And we're going to look more into this as we go on today. God has given us all free will. So if we have the ability the choice to choose to do good, choose to follow God, then we have to have the ability to not to go the other direction. God put two trees in the middle of the Garden of Eden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And notice that we have that there. And he says... Don't touch that one. Leave that one alone. That one's bad. And people say, why would he do that? Why would he put that temptation there? He just tempted them, and they say, wait, wait, wait. He also had the, the tree of life. There was a choice. We have to have that choice. See, because we like our freedom. We like to be able to to turn our backs on God when we want to. We like to be able to do our own thing. We like to be able to have that freedom. But yet we also want God to be pushing us back on the right track every time. We can't have it both ways. God gave us free will. You know, people talk about how uh, of a harsh ruler God is. He gives us all these rules, all these things to do. There has Never been anyone else like God. Every king, every leader demands certain things of their subjects or else. You will follow me. You will listen to me. You will do what I say or you will face the consequences. You will be locked up. You will be beaten. You will be Killed. Not God. God says, I love you. God says, I want you in the family, but I'm not going to make you. I'll love you no matter what you choose. You're always going to be my sons and daughters. I want you to come to me. I want you to experience all these things. But the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to make you. So we have to have that choice. Revelations 12, 7. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. The old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceived the whole world. He was cast out onto the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Jesus tells us in Luke that he saw Satan fall like lightning. And where did he fall? He fell here, into the earth realm. And they say, well, Why was it that he was able to be there? Why was he able to tempt Adam and Eve? Because God loves all of us. He wants to give all of us a chance. He does not waver in his ruling, in his rules. He sets them and he follows them. Satan had the authority to be here. He had the authority. Genesis 2. 16-17. to 17. And the Lord commanded the man saying. Of every tree of the garden. Thou might eat. Freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat of it. For in the days of thou eatest. Thou shall surely die. You know when we look at we look at Satan and he came before us and he experienced all the splendor of heaven yet somewhere along the way he made a, a choice see that that thing where we get to decide that choice where he said that it's just Wasn't enough for him. That he wanted something more. And like an infection. It spread through. And he got people. To join him. The fellow angels joined him. And they thought that. They could. Overturn. And do something. Better. And not much has changed. We keep. Trying to overthrow. And do something on our own and think that we can do a better job of it. It's always been there. But the fruit in the three, in the which of the midst of the garden, Garth said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall touch it, that ye shall die. God said it. God said it. We had no reason not to believe it. There was no doubt. Till Satan came along and said, Really? Is that really what he said? You're not going to die. Not only was it death for them, but it was death for all of us, for everyone to come. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't God being harsh. He set the rules. We didn't have to worry about sin. We didn't have to worry about all the struggles that we face today if we had only followed what God said. Why is it that Satan is so tempting. Why is it the world is so tempting? And why is it that we have such a hard time following what God says? Why do we struggle so much? So many times I've heard that Well, I don't follow any kind of religion because I want to be free. I want to be able to make my own choices. I don't want to have things influencing me. I want to live my own life. But the thing of it is, you're fooling yourself. You're not original. You're not original. You're following the influences of the world. What the world tells us that you need to do. Look at how things change from generation to generation, our styles, our clothes. When we go out and and buy something, do we buy what is obsolete, what is different, or do we buy what is the most popular? We look and we look at all them stars. Which one's got the highest number of stars? Which one's got the most number of reviews? We want the thing that there's thousands and thousands of people have bought because we deem it to be the best. When we go, we see what's in style and fashion, and we go and we get things so we look like everyone else. We don't want to be different. We go based on recommendations. What place is good to eat? Which movie is entertaining? Which show is the best? We're not living a free life by stepping away from God. We are just living a different kind of life. When we say we have an alternate Lifestyle. Well, I'm just living an alternate lifestyle. I just do things a little different. You're still picking a path. There's only two choices. We follow God or we follow Satan and the world. And it may look like out there in the world that there's all these different paths and we have all this possibility and all these different things that we do, but they all lead back to the same place. It's like a giant maze. And no matter what path you take, no matter what it looks like, no matter how you get there, it's all going to take you back to the same place. And why is it that it's so tempting? Because the world keeps knocking us down time and time again. And we listen to the lies of Satan. And we get let down time and time again. And we never give God a chance to shine through. We don't give God the opportunity to really be a part of our lives. Because we feel like we're missing out on something. Yes, we are missing out on something. If you are not choosing God, if you are not following the Word, you are missing out on something. Something grand. And, you know, we have to wonder, we can go out on our own and we can make horrible choices. We can hurt ourselves. We can hurt others. But, you know, we can follow the word of God. We follow it to the letter. We do exactly what he tells us. Nobody gets hurt. There is nothing harmful about following the word of God. You know, we always talk about how we want to be better. That we we're trying to save the environment. Okay, we gotta get out there and we gotta do away with all these gas engines and buying electric cars and we gotta get away with our plastic straws and, and we gotta uh, do all these things to make sure nobody gets sick and we have all these things to do for humanity because we wanna be so good. We wanna be good to each other, we wanna love each other, we just wanna be grand in a worldly sense. And what we're really doing is we're trying to make ourselves feel better. Well, I'm doing my part. I got the vaccination, so I'm, I'm doing my part. I feel good about that. I always wear my mask everywhere I go. I feel good about that. I do not use any more of them crazy plastic straws. I am saving the environment. I got my electric car. I'm putting them no more things. I, I, I am doing so good. But yet, you know, if we just lived a life that is a godly example, we follow what God tells us, we can just live that life. It can be a, a lifestyle. How about that for an alternate lifestyle, a godly life? Because it would definitely be alternate because it's very different than what the world tells us we can do and should do. And we are definitely the minority in the group, and we're even the minority in the minority because a lot of us are just putting on a a show of faith, what we we put in front for our fellow man, and in reality, we're not doing very good on ourselves at all. You know, we could live our lives to the letter of of the word. And even if there was no eternity, even if there was nothing at the finish line, we would have a a great quality of life. We would be the kind of people that we think we want to be. Everything that God tells us, all of Jesus' teachings, those are the things that are important. How we act, how we think, not these little tasks. We're always concerned about works. We always want to do works because... That's what people see. And we want people to look at us and say, hey, this is what I did. Praise me. Praise me. You know, if we took on a heart for Jesus, we would want to do these things still. We would want to save the world, save each other. But the difference is it would be for the other person. Not for the the praise that we would get. Not for what people see. We've got to change our foundation and put it back upon the rock, which is Jesus. We've got to change the way we act. We have got to make a difference there is still a ton of people to be saved and more and more people are pulling away from the church and the people that are to blame is us because we are not the church that jesus intended for us to have we are not the people that god wants us to be and those changes have to start right here with our individual selves, our individual churches, our individual groups. We have got to get into this word. We have got to see what God has for us, and we have got to take advantage of it. We don't know how much time we have, but we've got to make the most of what time we got. It's our most valuable commodity.